The following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. Point. I'm Nathan K. And I'm Craig Lewis. It's all the small things in life that that uh that make us happy, am I right? I have some wonderful news. Oops, we brought up something we weren't supposed to talk about yet. Not really any easy way to edit around it, so I'm just gonna kinda cut it right out of the conversation. Sorry about that. Now resuming your regularly scheduled programming. Awesome! Congratulations. You played a good game. I did play a great, a great game. A great game, yes. I'll give you great. I deserve great. misspelled. G-R-A-T-E. Speaking of fucking great, you know what else was great? What? Oh, uh, oh, oh, you haven't heard? Something of a certain orthological variety? What? <laughs> I believe is the right word. Yeah, birds. So what is? what are you trying to talk about? Oh, the Angry Video Game Nerd movie is out and it's awesome. It's the Angry Video Game Nerd, Craig, not the Angry Video Game Bird. That would be cool, though. I would watch that. The Angry Video Game Bird. Oh, my God, I would watch that. (laughs) You didn't like it, Pecky? Uh, The Angry Video Game Nerd movie, though. Wow. was was, uh, great. Let's set up some context. It was phenomenal. You're not familiar. Uh, The Angry Video Game Nerd, legally known as James Rolfe. Yeah, Uh, he's one of the pioneers of basically internet videos, uh, reviews, at least. Yeah, he well, he's always he's a filmmaker and he's always made movies. He's uh, an aspiring filmmaker, you could say, though he has made plenty of films. And he became big and best known though for his angry, shitty video game reviews, like yeah. the good reviews of shitty video games. That's what that's and what basically got me into internet reviews. Watching he did, that, he, he didn't even that wasn't even what he wanted to do. He wanted to make right. movies. I know he made his friends laugh one night drinking beer and talking shit about a bad. Well, I'm game glad he and, didn't just say no. Fuck this. I don't want to do this. Well, they were like, <laughs> cool. Put it on YouTube. He put it on YouTube. People were like, do another one. He did another one. People wouldn't let it go and. <laughs> hundred of some odd episodes there later. you go uh he though over the last like five years wrote financed filmed a fucking legitimate independent film and it is uh based around the character the it is also just shy of two hours it's cr- it's long I I and it's it. good it's and not once did i feel like oh my god this is dragging no perfect not once time. The, the timing the timing was brilliant too like he knew what he was doing he spent a lot of time and effort onto this movie, and it shows. You should definitely check it out if you're familiar with his work. If you're not familiar with his work, I definitely recommend familiarizing yourself before and then watching trying to it. jump into the movie. Yeah, but anybody There's too like, many in jokes in the movie. What is really important about this movie too is this is a big deal for all independent online content generators. Absolutely. Like we said, there's never been a movie like this before. Supporting him is supporting everybody. It is letting uh, people know that this stuff is worth it. It's, it. We are on the cusp 
of a new entertainment world. The old model is not going to work anymore in this day and age. Piracy has proven it so. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like listening to you and like a giddy boy. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> it's, it's serious shit, It's true, man. it is. It really it, is. It'll so. send a message to Hollywood. It'll send a message to uh, like producers, to other people who want to generate content, to people... Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the list here like made out. It's like, I'm trying to pull it out of my ass as fast as I can and I'm not doing good, but it will send a message that this works. This is worth it. And people like this shit. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger. So where can we find this? You can find it on Vimeo right now. Yes. Vimeo.com. Sign up. It's easy. Nine ninety nine to own five ninety nine to stream for 24 hours. Am I correct? Yes. And, uh, I personally would say that's probably not worth it. I've never thought, you know, just having something for 24 hours is not worth five bucks as far as like a movie's concerned. Yeah. And it's uh, gonna, rentals, you know, like. Yeah. And it's going to probably stream and lag and stuff. Uh, definitely worth nine ninety nine. I bought it. Yes, I did too. And you can also stream it from Vimeo whenever you want. Whenever. As long as it's that's up what there I did. Once you've bought it. Oh, I just bought it, downloaded it. Gotcha. It TV. Yeah, I watched it streaming. It was fine. That's Perfectly great. fine. So obviously if you know. The Angry Video Game Nerd, and you're already a fan, it's a must watch. And if not, hopefully we've uh, introduced you to something new you might like. And if you're listening to this and you know who he is and you're just not a fan, well, oh, sorry about that. We'll move on now. But you do disappoint me. <laughs> to the news! I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but Baby Doll Bieber. Is at it again. Craig, this is not the the Bieber podcast. This is not the True Believers Well, maybe podcasts. if he stopped doing dumb shit that I want to make fun of him for, like then the, this wouldn't be about gotta Bieber. Gotta be the third or fourth time Bieber's been a topic of our news. That's what? Uh, one thirtieth of our podcast? <laughs> yeah. Labor Day, he was with his on-again, off-again sweetie, Selena. Selena, girl, you could do better. Is that Selena Gomez? It is. I'm so clueless as to who the hell she is. You could I do know, better. I know who she is, but I have no idea who she you, is. You're not. I don't like her music, and I she's a terrible it. actor. I don't know. <laughs> but she could still do better. I think he really is like a bad boy crying for attention. Like a, a, a kid that didn't get enough attention when he was three, so now he's making up for it. And now that he's not getting as much attention as he did, say, four years ago, three, four. You know what? He's getting a lot of attention, isn't he? <laughs> he is. So that theory is just out the window. <laughs> We're talking about him on Fairpoint. Jesus Christ. He was in a hit and run. Again? He was, yeah, he was being a douchebag on his four-wheeler. And did on a his ATV. football player actually uh, accost him this time afterwards? or No, but he no. did get into a fist fight. Oh, okay, with Orlando Bloom again? No, no. just some regular <laughs> jackass. But it's great because I'm pretty sure the jackass won. It's like you just took pieces of Justin Bieber stories and Frankenstein a new one together. But it's real. It's real. No, he was on his ATV, and apparently he was evading the paparazzi because, you know, they're still doing that. TMZ's all over his ass. Uh, because why? Because Bieber. I don't know. Just people eat it up. Yeah, and so he... We're talking about him on Fairpoint. <laughs> he recklessly ran out into the road and struck a van. And they both got out, got into an argument, and then exchanged fisticuffs. It was just a random guy? Yeah. Did the guy know it was Justin Bieber? I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. But yeah, they exchanged fisticuffs, and then the police came, 
and he got arrested. Bieber did, not the man. Mm-hmm. The man was like, um, this jackass just rode on his ATV and hit my car. And then he took a swing at me. <laughs> so yeah, please take him away. Also, I'm suing you. Suing you to fix my car. You damaged that shit. And he's like, whatever. And takes like 50 grand out of his back pocket, throws ham. And he's like, <laughs> gee, thanks, mister. I'm still suing you. <laughs> thanks for the free money. But the funny thing about it is he kind of broke probation. He was supposed to be staying in California from his last incident, and he was at home in Canada. Uh-oh. Yeah, so he's got a court hearing, and there's going to be separate shit going on with that. He might actually face jail time. So you know and what if that he does, means. we're going to celebrate. He's going, going back, back to Cali. Prison Kelly. system. Sorry, that joke wasn't that good. I apologize. I had to try to fix an could. <laughs> Well, so long as we're talking about celebrities, oh, I didn't really want to bring it up. I was like, I'm not even going to pay it attention. You're going to do but, it. But, uh, man, we've got it. Now's the one and only time to talk about it. I guess right? so. It's what the internet has deemed the fappening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a hacker, what, from 4chan? Yeah. The hilarity of it being somebody from 4chan is the fact that apparently mainstream stations don't know what the fuck 4chan is. Because they keep calling the hacker as if like his code name is 4chan. Oh, really? Like, all of 4chan did this. That's like, uh, remember when uh, the girl got uh, attacked, not killed, but attacked over the Slenderman? They were like, yes. a character, an internet character from the website Creepypasta, known as <laughs> Slenderman. And I'm like... It's not a website. It's a thing. It's a, it's a creepy pasta. And then I realized there is a website called Creepy Pasta. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, yeah. maybe that's what he meant then. Maybe it was on a That is that's but. bad, but that's that's still better than what master tech anchors the internet and terrorists known as 4chan from CNN. Like these guys are getting paid six figures a year. And you don't even know what 4chan is? Like, you're supposed to be a tech analyst. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody hacked, uh, what, like the Apple database or something? A bunch of iPhones, the iCloud. Stole a bunch of pictures from people's iPhones, including a bunch of high-profile celebrities. Yeah, I honestly thought it was just celebrities that were hacked. No, there's a bunch of just random people, too. Uh, The two biggest ones I heard of were Kate Upton and Jennifer Lawrence. It's I see. Okay, I heard about this, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." Um, well, it's a good thing I'm not even really tempted. I was I was hearing like what actresses have been affected, and I'm like, "It's a good thing I'm not really even tempted to go look at all these, you know, blonde Hollywood starlets that all look the same." And then somebody said Aubrey Plaza, and I was like, "Fuck, moral dilemma now. God ha. damn it!" Oh, April Ludgate. April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Yeah, I wasn't really tempted either. I, I remember hearing about him like, huh, well, that would have helped me out if I was 15. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about it. I think what it comes down to is the issue is that both because they're celebrities and because they're women, they're, it's not being treated like it's an invasion of privacy when people look at it. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like... Whatever, like, what does it hurt if I look at it? Well, like, the thing is, though, like, if I asked you not to look at something, if you picked, you were helping me clean my room and you pick something up, I'm like, oh, don't look at that. Don't look at those pictures. It doesn't matter if you're going to hurt anybody by looking at them. Like, it's my privacy. I'm like, dude, don't look at that. Right, right. So, like, it is, they are people. And uh, there is, to a certain extent, I believe, when you put yourself in the public eye, to a certain extent, 
you do lose a little bit of that privilege, but not shit like that. That's like kind of too private. I mean, in a way you do lose it because yeah, you can't control people. You don't deserve to maybe, but you, yeah, you, you lost that privilege because people do want to see you naked. And if they can, they will. Cause you can't control people. And a lot of people are, you and know. especially when these are celebrities that specifically have no nudity clauses in their acting contracts. But this isn't like when a celebrity complains about like South Park making fun of them. I'm like, hey, comes with the territory, pal. Exactly. Don't put yourself in the public no, eye. There's definitely a difference but between what you're saying. This is an invasion of privacy. Yeah, it really is. So that that that's what needs to be recognized. And there is that. one thing that I want to interject, and this isn't coming from a place of you, you know, you fucked up, deal with it type of thing. But this just shows us we have to be more careful. If there are pictures you really don't ever want getting out, you probably shouldn't be sharing them on a cloud, having them backed up there, having them backed up on a real device on your computer. The Yeah, the scary uh, thing is, too, a lot of those photos were deleted years ago, supposedly. But they were still on the iCloud because they were backed up at some point. They let them mm-hmm. back it up. Uh, so they've been saved on the cloud for years, and they're not even on your phone anymore. Some people I've heard saying, well, maybe you shouldn't be taking the pictures anyways. No, shut up. Yeah, come on. That's dumb. That's dumb. What you do in the privacy, like, that's just like saying, like, for any random couple that isn't a high profile celebrity, you know, sometimes you want to spice up your love life or something. They send nudes to each other. And if that kind of, you shouldn't be taking those pictures. What the fuck are you? (laughs) You're not even noticing the way that you are objectifying. Yes. The person because it's so ingrained in your head. It's interesting. But food for thought, back those photos up on hard drives on your computer, not on the cloud. Save the cloud for family photos. <laughs> I don't put shit on a fucking cloud. You don't have a cloud. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't fuck with a cloud. Uh, the cloud cloud can't, comes in handy when you're getting ready to get a new phone and you don't want to have to yeah. delete and redo everything on there. So you... Save shit to the cloud, but like I said, there's oh, well, certain I, things. Stuff on my phone I would, maybe, but I mean like stuff on my computer and shit. Like I don't want to back that up on a cloud. Like, well, that's know. not really what it's for. It is more for your there's mobile phone. There's all sorts phones. of cloud services. Well, that's, yeah, the iCloud. It, the is, iCloud, but... yeah. Well, that's what I was talking about. That's okay. the most popular one. It's a cool idea, but it's also like uh, I feel like right there you're giving up your privacy because somebody works for the fucking cloud. <laughs> like, yeah, I, somebody's making that possible. There might someday be a tech issue where someone has to go through and look at shit. These are the same people looking at all your uh, photos that work for Facebook because you downloaded their messenger. So actually, while we're on that topic, recently the cover of the newest issue of Spider-Woman has drawn heat. Heat, you say? Yes. Uh, are you familiar with Spider-Woman? I, sir, am not. She's not the female version of Spider-Man. Her character actually has really nothing to do with Spider-Man. Totally different person. What I do costume. know of her, I learned from uh, backstory in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And it was a long time ago, so I don't really remember okay. it. Well, we will be treating her a little bit analogous to Spider-Man right now. But I just wanted to make it clear. like She's her own character that has... Nothing to do with Spider-Man. Not the same exact powers, not the same exact story, or even related to the character. The cover depicts her on a roof doing the, like, spider crawl, and uh, it's drawing heat for sexualizing her and objectifying her and all this. And like most of the comics in the 90s? Being Yeah, kind of being representative of how comics do often have a problem with the way they treat female characters, as do a lot of things. Like, it's a subconscious thing. It's not an intended thing. But I am calling this one, this is not fair, 
You need to pick a better fucking example. Pick your battles. This is bullshit. Everyone's complaining about her ass and about the pose. First of all, what's the problem with having a nice ass? If the character has, like, it's supposedly the ass is drawn to be attractive and whatnot. It's like, as long okay, as it's drawn well, to scale, I guess. Like, yeah, there's nothing illogical about it. Some people have nice asses. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens, especially in a skin tight suit. And every single issue of Spider-Man, find me an issue of Spider-Man where he is not swinging along and it is not putting the fucking contours of every muscle in his ass Right. Prominently on display, and that in some Nathan was crazy. Was no, dude, intently staring at. I was not. It, you cannot <laughs> escape from it. Reading Spider-Man comics, I'm telling you, dude. Ninety percent of Spider-Man comics, you're seeing this. Everything short of fucking the outline of his dick. Like seriously, like it's, and he's always in these weird, contorted, flexible poses. Yeah, that's like a spider. She is. Yeah. So the, the, the second complaint was the pose. Show me a spider that doesn't walk like that. Show me a spider that don't walk like that. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> I can't find one. <laughs> it's, I don't think this is fair. Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, is a very well-written character. Uh, she's a female character that, that doesn't wear a skimpy costume, that isn't defined by a male character, that isn't defined by her gender, that has had her own, has had multiple like solo title runs like of which she is the starring role she's been a major member of the avengers she's big in almost all their major storylines like she has personality she is a good character she is part of the solution not part of the problem i don't think the writers are the ones sexualizing her in this context i think it's the people who are getting pissed off at this about cover. it being sexualized you're sexualizing her because she's a woman so what she's got a nice ass so what she's crawling like a spider she's spider woman <laughs> there's so much of that in the world today yeah Anyways. you could you could have picked up a thousand comics and found a thousand examples of sexism and uh you know objectification easily like anything frank miller's one. done <laughs> yeah you picked the wrong one jesus just give them your one and take everything else I love your one. I resent that uh, Catwoman is a prostitute. That's the only downfall. Again, not that there's anything wrong with writing a character that's a prostitute. It's just like, that's Frank. There's there's nothing inherently wrong even with sexualization. Um, objectification, yes. But sexualization, no. The, the What's a problem is that it's persistence with regard to certain types of characters, like female characters, right. is indicative, if you will, of a... Uh, mindset that's like you're doing it subconsciously you don't know how to write a good female character you know whatever whatever all you know them as are how they're defined to the male characters i don't know so that's i don't know where was i going with this i was going uh to sum it up that means to all the protesters and people that are getting pissy about this there's plenty of other shit to legitimately be pissed off and protest nowadays so go vent your anger somewhere else well i like what your protesting i like what you're standing up for it's just that the material you're using example yes i think you picked a very bad example that's actually does not deserve that criticism because there's plenty that do deserve it there are yes all over the there are just not that one for example the explicitly gratuitous almost farce of sexuality on display like just sickening how they market it that is hello kitty oh god the most sexualized gratuitous like just just adult icon no i can't i think you're thinking of something else hello kitty's a very sterile basic watered down cute little icon i think i know (laughs) what you're gonna say and it's almost saddening and i don't get it 
No, I feel like um, I re- heard about this. Hello Kitty is not a uh, sick parody of sexuality. Hello Kitty is a, a cute little cat, right? Yeah. Wrong. No, no. Wrong, sir. Hello Kitty is not a cat. I don't buy it. Apparently, uh, the company, uh, Sanrio, uh, you know, it's the company that does all those little Hello Kitty oh, of course, characters. Yeah. yeah had hired somebody to put together like a business presentation for them. And it was, I think it had something to do with the anniversary of Hello Kitty that just passed, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. About being sent into space. Yes. And the person doing this presentation was like, hey, can you guys just fact check this for me real quick? Make sure I got everything straight about your company. They looked at it and there was a point where it said something about Hello Kitty being a cat. And they were like, Hello Kitty's not a cat. You dumb fuck. (laughs) 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 <laughs> stupid fucking Americans. Um, no, actually, they were like, Hello Kitty is not a cat. And she was like, what do you mean Hello Kitty is not a cat? And like, Hello Kitty is a little girl. In a cat costume? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's a cartoon character, stylized after a cat. But but it's a human. It's a little girl, not a It's not a, a cat. human. She's a little girl named Kitty White. She has a pet cat named... Uh, Charmy Kitty. Yeah, that's the only thing that they get that that allows me to be like, okay, you win she, this she round because in, she actually has a cat. As she a lives pet. in Britain. Well, see, it's kind of weird to think about, but I think it all comes down to a matter of cultural differences in perception. I think this is how I'm kind of thinking of it. You remember Arthur the Moose? No, he's an aardvark or an anteater or something. Really? I thought he was like a baby moose. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the cartoon character, the PBS show. He was like Arthur the, the Anteater or Arthur the Aardvark. You thought he was a moose? <laughs> oh, no, he had a moose friend. <laughs> he did, right? I yes. don't know. I no, never it's, watched it's it. It's Arthur the, I don't know. It didn't really look like an Aardvark, to tell you the truth. He was either an Aardvark or an Anteater. It didn't look like neither, and I'm pretty sure the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then he was both. Um, in that universe, if I'm not mistaken, like everybody's an animal, right? Yeah, I'd assume so. But they're all like, they all wear clothes, walk on two legs, go to school, have houses. Yeah. You know, wear glasses and stuff like that. They don't all wear glasses, but some of them do. And I guess they don't all wear clothes either. There's probably some that. Yeah, just hey, like. Uh, teach their own. Like I said, there's nothing inherently wrong with sexualization. Um, but not, yes, there is. In Arthur, there is. <laughs> <laughs> These are children's shows, damn it. Somebody please think of the children. Maybe a better example is Goofy. Goofy's a dog, right? Yep. You know, Mickey's friend Goofy. Well, what's Pluto? Pluto is also a dog. So maybe if you asked, like, the chairman of... Goofy's a mutant? <laughs> no. But if you asked, like, the chairman of Sanrio, like, is Goofy a dog? He'd be like, no. He's like, Goofy's a, a man. Pluto's a dog. Like, yeah, he's a cartoon character that's stylized after a dog. He'd probably say the same thing about Bugs Bunny. Or Mickey. Yes. Or any of them. Or Donald. Yes, he'd say. But if Donald is a say, man that's no. stylized after a duck. He'd say they're little girls. That are st- no, just kidding. That aren't wearing any pants. Well, yes. Mickey's not wearing a shirt. He's wearing pants, but not a shirt. Either way, that's bad. <laughs> no, there's nothing inherently wrong with sexualization. For children, yes. Open up to it. Sexualization to children. There is, yes. So as far as I'm concerned, Hello Kitty is... A cat. Oh, thank you. I didn't want to have to argue with you about it. But I totally get the... At least I think. If I could talk to him and be like, word, is Goofy a dog? What if he's like, I don't fucking know. I don't work for Disney. I was like, okay, never mind. I'm wrong. (laughs) Apparently. I didn't hang out with Walt. Never met the guy. Next thing you know, they're going to be telling me Pikachu's not a Pokemon. 
It's a cartoon <laughs> character stylized after a fucking Pokemon. That doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> what would you say if I told you that Legos solved a murder? Legos? The Legos. Not the corporation, not the company. The actual not, blocks. Not Lego Batman. No. Nope. Because if you said Lego Batman, so I'd be like, yeah, so Dirt. another day yeah, in right. Lego another Gotham. Day in, yeah, <laughs> Lego Gotham. Um, I would I would say, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> or no. What, 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 what? Yes, I might say that, or I might say, what? Or I might say, what? That's that's the one I'll go with. We're gonna stop. Or I might say what? Uh, I told you you should have stopped there. But it's true. It's true. It's damn true. There was a cold case that was unsolved from 25 years ago, and they just reopened it last year. And just recently, after finding trace amounts of DNA on a Lego that was in the place that was taken as evidence, apparently, they found the killer. I call shenanigans. Legos did not solve the case. Forensic analysts solved the case. With Legos. With Legos. And science. With the help of Legos. Yeah. Well, the the interesting point to this is the guy that murdered her is already on death row in another state for a different set of murders. Oh, Jesus. So he's already been caught, I guess. But, like, what are they going to do? They were like... We might extradite him out to Utah to, to, you know, give him the charges here. But what does it matter? He's already on death row. Like, he's already getting the death penalty. You can't make it worse for him. Can you? Can you get a worse death well, penalty? it's not about making it worse. <laughs> like, like, now you know. You st- as long as you know you have closure and he's still going to fry for his crimes. If you're talking about, you know, letting the people well, that not everything. Were... Maybe they're not concerned with the death penalty. Maybe they're not like, he has to die. Maybe they don't want him to die. Maybe they're like, in our state, we don't kill him. Well, too bad. In this state, they do, and he's already <laughs> been convicted of it. That's a tricky situation. Trust me, he deserves, he deserves the death penalty. I, we're not going to get into the specifics of what he did, but it was pretty horrible. Just, Just... Go with me for that. Well, I guess my perception on this, and I'm not, I'm not uh, advocating for or against the death penalty in this statement. The statement is what it is. Is that prison or the death penalty or all these things shouldn't be doled out as revenge or a punishment? They're what they should. They should be used because they are a necessary evil of society. Whether or not that's true, whether or not they are. You can argue with me and be like, no, I don't think they are. I think we could do it without them. Okay, I see you. Okay, but what without I'm saying is if they are used, I'm saying, I'm, I'll give credence to your point. You know what I mean? I'm not arguing that right now. Do I have a point? Not you, the person. Oh, okay. The person saying like. Because you're staring right at me with those well, eyes of yours. I'm talking to yeah. you. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought you were for a would second. Would you rather me stare at you with the eyes of someone else, Craig? I, well, no, I was just starting to get no, confused. No, even creepier. I was oh, like, God. oh, I didn't realize I had made a point yet. No, no. If some, I'm, uh, let me start this over then. What I'm saying is if prison or the death penalty are to be used, they're to be used because the reasoning for that should be that it is a necessary evil for society to keep people safe, to keep things working. That like this person has proven that it cannot like, like they, can, they make it bad for other people. <laughs> And they oh, won't stop. To not be... And like this has to happen because otherwise it's going to fuck with other people's lives. And the reason you're doing this 
isn't to punish the person that did bad, but you're doing it because otherwise it's going to fuck with other people's lives. So it's hard not to, when you read stories about people that did horrible things to kind of want them to get what's coming to them. But in the legal system, I guess, and in the system of what we're actually going to decide to do to them, I think your emotion and anger should be withheld. And it should be like, look this, like this. That's why I hate the idea of like, being able to like bail your way out of going to jail and shit. Like, come on. The only reason you should put somebody behind bars is because it's not safe for other people for them to not be there. If it's okay, if they can buy their way out, then either a, you're letting somebody out and it's not safe for me anymore. Or B, they never should have been in there in the fucking first place because they weren't a danger. Well, it's when the bailing happens, if I'm when you're awaiting trial or something, yeah, you're waiting to actually be, well, exactly. What does it matter if you have money? You're either oh taxes, like you funding uh, vacations for politicians. I don't know road what work. I'm saying, no, what, what I'm saying is, if you are going to be behind bars or sentenced to death, it should be because there's that's the only fair and safe thing for other people, and therefore there shouldn't be a thing where it's like, oh, okay, well we'll let you out because of this. Well, a lot of times they do give you no bail. I know. So, but I'm saying the whole nature of putting people into prison, you know what I mean? Right. Isn't to punish them. It's to keep people safe and society working, which if, is why maybe there should be a different, it'll be okay. If they're out, then they shouldn't be there in the first place. The problem I have with the prison system is that when it mixes, uh, people of like, say lesser crimes, and it turns them into a right. worse person than they were when they first got in because they only have five years to do or something like that. You know, like they, they stole something when they come out. And now they like hate the world and want to kill everybody. Which is stupid. Like prison should be like, yeah, you can't live outside anymore. You're going to prison. You're grounded. That's where you're living now. No, not like you're grounded. <laughs> the opposite of that. What I'm saying is that should be like, that's it. You're in prison. Rehabilitation should be like, word, you are proving that like what you're doing is not is really not working for people, but you shouldn't be locked up for life yet. We're sending you to rehabilitation. Like they do in like the Netherlands and shit. Like their their jails are like rehabilitation centers and shit. Do they work? As far as I know. I don't know the, the system in and out, but I imagine they'd have to have some jails that are more like prisons for people that can't absolutely cannot be contained elsewhere you know what i mean like but they they have like a system if i'm not mistaken i'm i'm not speaking out of my ass but it's something that i'm not totally informed about i just read about it once so don't doesn't sweden have like the lowest crime rate in the world i don't know or some shit but what i had read was that they were uh they they just send them to like it's like you live in like a community house almost and there's a bunch of these community houses out like on a this halfway like house big ranch but it's all on this land and it's nothing but those and you do your work you live there you're allowed to like go and visit other people at other houses there and stuff and like you know what I mean you're 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 allowed to cook food to like get your own food and cook it and stuff and like for the most part it works I don't know like I said I'm not totally informed but I'm not even saying that's the right answer but I don't know. What were I'm we interested. talking about again? Well, at least we were still talking about... Oh, this about guy. Okay, yeah. The, the bad he this, guy. He's getting killed. The very, very bad man. Whether or not he deserved to get killed should have nothing to do with whether or not he does. Very, very bad man. People shouldn't be killed because they deserve it. I don't know. Because then you're just as bad as they are wanting that? Well, because we shouldn't have a system that punishes and rewards people for what they deserve. I don't know. Like I I think the system tries not to do that, like, but a lot of times it just does that. The reality does that. 
Like you, if you work hard and you do good and you're a good person and stuff like that will reflect in your life. And yeah, sometimes good people get fucked over sometimes for their whole lives. It's sad, but like the hurricane, like we don't punish people because they deserve to be punished as like a legal act. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we do all the time, but I'm saying we, we shouldn't, I guess. I don't know. Like, that's not what it should be about. It should. So you want Justin Bieber to go to one of these uh, ranches in Sweden? To be rehabilitated and to not a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, that's just, what I've gotten from it. Sure, us. send him to Sweden, please. Send him to Sweden. <laughs> that would fix a lot of problems. He's like jokes on you, broke assholes. I've been there four times this last year on tour, and they the love, me, love there. me there, <laughs> baby, baby, Sweden. Oh, <laughs> it's so clever. I just replace. Replace a certain word with Sweden and they eat that shit up. And it was just the same word I used before. <laughs> That's nothing like Justin Bieber actually sings. Right. <laughs> either of us. He's like a rapper now or some shit, Hey, he right? can sing better than we can. We'll at least give him that. So can most Canadians? Nice. Thanks. I'm finally winning you over to my side with that. Minus the Justin Bieber and Drake. Or Celine Dion. Well, or Celine she's Dion. a great singer. Yeah, I have nothing against her. I just don't her. Just the Banks. Bleak 182 is a pop punk band. Food in San Diego, California, in 1992. The band consists of Tom DeLonge, Mark Hoppus, and Travis Barker, and is known for their irreverent, adolescent, lyrical content. Okay, so people listening for this topic, we're finally doing it. Blink fucking 182. Uh, they were a big part of all our teenage years, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. We probably have a wide variety of age groups listening to us. and well, From our age group. Different musical tastes. I guess from our generation. <laughs> y- yours and mine. I think you are overshooting it. Like, uh, Not everybody was into that shit. A lot of people were. It's true. It, they were one of the first bands to bring punk like into the pop scene. Maybe... The more mainstream scene. To bring pop punk uh, and... To really catapult it. I mean, Offspring was around very pop before Blink-182, right? Uh, yes, you are correct in some ways. Damn It was a staple of my youth. Yeah. Loved that fucking song. Oh, I thought you just meant the expression. Well, that too. Because <laughs> Bart Simpson now, said it. That was a staple of all of our youths, just being pissed off. and being Damn like, it, Damn parents! It. And the stuff Blink-182 talks about. Yeah, again, probably only just certain people. Probably just yeah, I guess so. Skateboard kids. I wasn't even one of them. I was a jack. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. I I kid. I kid. But yeah, they were they were awesome. They were one of the first like punk acts I really liked and dug. Yeah, I had Rancid was my first. A friend gave me a Rancid CD, and uh, I got the offspring tape cassette after that for my birthday for a second i was like wait wouldn't the offspring have come first which offspring smash americana americana but uh smash was my album for offspring i didn't have a cd player so i 
So I uh, uh, preferred to get tape cassettes for a long time. Clear into like... 1999, my, he's like, I'm rocking my Walkman. Oh, yeah. Fuck into off. my freshman year of high school. Like, I got a CD player my freshman year, some point during there. Oh, I still I had, rocked a Walkman. I've had a, I had a disc man from like sixth grade up. Wow. So, yeah. I guess I was an early adapter. I was the one going, damn it, I'm trying to ju- do a running here, and my CD keeps skipping. <laughs> oh, eventually, yeah. I Blink-182 was a huge part of my high school years. Freshman year and on, uh, they defined my fucking high school years. Uh, they epi- epitomize high school teenage angst, at least from like a male perspective. Absolutely. Uh, and not to say that all guys like are as immature and crude as they can be, but a lot are. <laughs> a lot are, <laughs> and even but besides that, like the the stuff uh, they they connect. We connected with them uh, as as little fourteen year olds. It's so and, crazy how you know, like nowadays, I hear a Blink One Eighty Two song, an older one, and so many memories from high school and uh, and junior high flood back to me. Oh yes, depending on the album. Like each song has its own feel, but also each album like has its own like feel depending on what point throughout high school that album came out or I really started listening yeah. to it. There have been allegations of like misogyny and homophobia uh, in Blink 182 songs. They do, you know, sometimes say stuff like, you know, girls aren't worth your time and they do make a lot of gay jokes. But my perspective on this, I don't think they're either. I think if you're going to say they're homophobic, it would be more accurate to call them sexophobic. Like they epitomize just the immature but curious you know, like kid about sex. Like they talk about everything. They talk about bestiality. They talk about heterosexual sex, homosexual sex, fucking, you know, like I don't, I don't think anything comes from a place of let's put down people for being, for being of a different sexual orientation, but more let's just rib on our friends and just say all the crazy weird sex stuff that comes to our mind. You like having sex with dudes. You want to have sex with a dog. You, you, had sex with your mom like i know that's that's you could make the argument like oh well they're they're equating homosexual sex with bestiality but no they're not like because then they, they're talking about having sex with a friend's mom which is definitely heterosexual or, sex but yeah tons or of, you know tons of st- like anything to do with sex like it's the more innocent, so just the, the non-innocent yeah the naivety the, weird, the normal the teenager Exactly. Yes, maybe they are like specifically singling out girls in a lot of their songs, but again, I think that it's done from a perspective of awareness of like what it feels like to be a teenage boy, right? Who's trying to figure out, you and know, again, like, all that shit. It's it's nowhere near as bad as some of the mainstream rap now. It's true. There's a lot of <laughs> as far as that goes, and even a lot of mainstream rock. Like maybe not quite as much. There but was as pop there was a rap, certain childish but... charm to it when they did it. Yes, and again, I think it's all in good nature, which again isn't always like. For example, when people are like, "Oh, when I say that shit's gay, I mean it in good nature," but that is a little like, "Oh, you're equating gay with stupid." I don't. I'm probably wrong. You could probably send me an email. And at fairpointpodcast.yahoo.com and let me know of a time. But I don't usually hear Blink-182 using, like, gay to mean stupid or, you know, anything like that. Like, they're literally just talking about sex. Yeah, which is what a lot of high schoolers do, too, though. They A lot of teenage, they don't get it. They don't get that that's wrong to say. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I can't think of any time that they're like, dude, that's gay. Like, that movie was gay. Like, or, unless they're actually talking about, like... 
I want to have sex with a man. Right. Like, you know what I mean? They do that all the time, and that's them. They make funny jokes about sex, and that's not inherently bad. But yeah, fucking Blink-182. We're going to really detail the history of this band, but we just wanted to jive about them a little bit there for a minute. And, uh, you know, like you said, that's our, that's our high school. We wanted to set up the context. Of course. Of course. I actually, Craig, back in high school, I wrote... <laughs> Four or five episodes of a Blink-182 animated series. You don't say. (laughs) And it was... I still think it would make a good show. (laughs) Um, You don't say. It had the animation style of, like, the Mark, Tom, and Travis show cover, where they were all, like, cartoons. Was that more like the Flash flash animation type? Looked a little bit like that, yeah. Uh, They were all... It was before they were famous... And the supporting characters were like the nurse from the Enema cover. Okay, the porn star. Uh, the guy in the banana suit. Who that was, guy. Who was like this, uh, I imagine David Cross would have played him. And he was like this really wimpy like neighbor that was their biggest groupie and fan. And like he was annoying and they didn't like him. And, uh, it was really weird. Uh, there was... You don't say. <laughs> There was an episode I wrote where Tom gets abducted by aliens. Uh, You have to have that episode. Yeah, there was... Oh, Satan. Satan was another character, kind of like the... Have you listened to the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, the live album? No. We'll get into that, but they have a lot of in-between songs they would talk. And Tom used like this weird vocal thing. He'd be like, hey, kids, this is Satan. And uh, so I made Satan a character, and he worked at all these random places, like Sombreros... Oh, okay. Which, or sombrero, which you you may reference, you may which you may know from the reference in the Josie song. She brings me Mexican food from sombrero just because, yeah, just because, yeah, just because. So, as an angsty teenager, Tom DeLong got himself expelled from Poway High School in Poway, California. So he had to go to Rancho Bernardo High School. Which is a real place. It just sounds like they made the name of that school up. But no, it's real. Yeah. Rachel Bernardo He became friends with this one kid there, and he wanted to start a band. Uh, He tried starting a band called Big Oily Men. Yeah, it didn't work. It was like a joke band, and I don't know. Supposedly, it had a few different lineups, but it never took off. Never took off. You don't say. Yeah, so... Mark Hoppus, who was a little bit older, he was a bass player. Uh, he played in a couple bands before Blink, uh, of all things, and Pier 69. Hey. He, um, his sister was dating one of Tom's friends, so she introduced Mark and Tom. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> they, they would get along so well, you'd think. Yeah, she heard that Tom wanted to make a band. It and... was like, I got a play date set up for you. <laughs> They headed off really well. Um, they started playing together. In their first jam session, they came up with what would become Carousel, the opening track of uh, Buddha and Cheshire Cat. Cheshire Cat. That's an oldie. We'll get to that. It's not even a existy yet. <laughs> ah, ah. So an interesting anecdote, too. I have this... Uh, Blink-182, I have a bunch of Blink-182 specials that I ripped off some VHS tapes that I recorded when I was in high school. And I remember those. I tried uploading them to YouTube, but copyright infringement and shit that wouldn't let me. So I was like, oh, too bad. But there was an interview with Mark's sister, and she's talking about how like when they had first met, Mark tried climbing up a streetlight outside of Tom's house to try to impress him. 
And he wanted he to up, impress Tom. That's cute. Right. <laughs> and he was like 20 at the time. Tom was like 17. <laughs> he was like, that's the cool kid. <laughs> and uh, he fell and cracked both his ankles. Ended up in crutches for three weeks. Sucks. Dumbass. That's like a like a red foreman. You dumbass. So they ended up recruiting Scott, Scott Rayner for drums. And he was only 14 years old. Seemed kind of weird, doesn't it? Yeah, that's crazy to think, man. Uh, Tom went to school with them at Rancho Bernardo High School, and they met at a battle of the bands. So wait, 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 wait. Where's Travis? He doesn't come into the picture yet. See? A lot of people don't even know there was a, a different people. drummer before that. But And this isn't just when they were in high school. He was the drummer on their first like three For releases. For a few years, yeah. He was the drummer on fucking Dude Ranch. So they tried a few names... Duct tape was one of them. I guess they thought that was too poserish. So they ended up settling with Blink. Not Blink 182. It was just Blink originally. You should have just went with Blink 182 from the get go. <laughs> uh, early on, like Tom would actually get them gigs by like calling high schools and being like, oh, we promote uh, anti drugs. Oh, messages. and abstinence too, right? And abstinence and stuff. So, <laughs> right. Uh, can you. Uh, <laughs> Can we come play at lunchtime? And they'd get some gigs at lunchtime at high schools. And uh, Okay, I've just never been or seen or known a high school that's like, okay, we'll just randomly have this band play at lunchtime. <laughs> right? So their first recorded release wasn't really an official release, but their first recording was Fly Swatter. Are you familiar with this one, Craig? I'm not. It's a lo-fi demo that they recorded with a four-track in Scott's bedroom. Seems like that would be the case. Sounds like shit. <laughs> Total shit. The cover's done in, like, crayon and other, like, cheap art supplies done by Mark. And it's blue with a big red cursive A on it. And it's interesting that every release after this, aside from the next little demo they recorded, which was called Demo 2, almost instantly forgotten... The next one was called Buddha. That's a B. Buddha. Next one was Cheshire Cat. That's a C. Dude Ranch. Oh, with a D. D. Anima of the state with an E. And that's where it ends. <laughs> Aww. But it's still pretty cool. And then they re-release Fly Swatter. <laughs> oh, that's where it ends because it comes full circle. Full fucking circle. Holy shit. Wait, did they really re-release Fly Swatter? No, but Aww, they you just blew my mind because that... Makes it like that's like a full circle right there. Yeah. Wow. Wow, man. Whoa. Uh, this demo actually features a cover of the Dinosaur Jr. song Freak Scene and the NoFX song The Longest Line. It's pretty cool. You can find it online. You can listen to it. It's, it's cool that NoFX let them use that song. They didn't let them do shit. They recorded uh. a tape in their fucking friend's bedroom and gave it to their friends and sold it at a high school. For it's like cool that this was before the whole. Uh, Napster and Metallica thing. So yeah, there was a really, really rare demo called Demo 2 that was also recorded with the 4-track in his bedroom. And then after that, they started playing a lot at Soma, which was the local all-ages punk hangout venue. Yeah, Soma. Soma was like big for the punk scene then. That was their goal. That was their rivalry. They got in, they started playing as an opener for local acts, and before you know it, they're recording their first demo. Well, other than Fly Swatter. And Demo 2. <laughs> Their first demo that would be officially released later on. So you're speaking of Buddha, right? 
Yes, this is the one usually recognized as their first demo. It was recorded and released in January 1994. Yes, recorded and released, same month. Uh, the album was financed by Mark Hoppus's boss at Warehouse Music, uh, which is where, like W-H-E-R-E. Isn't that kind of sweet that like Mark Hoppus's boss was like, yeah, sure, I think you got something, I'll finance it. Well, his name was Pat Secor, Secor, I don't know, Secor maybe, Pat Secor, who was trying to start his own record label. Uh, which was known as Filter. Makes more sense. However, though, they later did have legal disputes with him. Uh, they were basically saying that he was selling it without paying royalties. They got the help of Joe Escalante, who was the bassist of the Vandals. He's also a lawyer. So wait, they were saying that this guy was selling it and not giving him money? Later on, yes. And uh, What a dick. He was like, I tried getting in touch with him. And all they, all I'd ever get back was like, we'll talk to our manager, we'll get back to you. And he was like, as far as I was concerned, I had paid royalties, I had financed the album, and I was selling him five bucks a pop for cassette tapes. Like, you know what I mean? And more recently, he's kind of in the boat like, all I want is some recognition that I made this shit. Like, I just kind of got swept under the rug. Uh, they ended up reissuing the album on Joe Escalante's label, Kung Fu Records. Because fuck that other guy. I mean, I get it. He's kind of bummed out because he's like, damn, you know, I was his boss. I gave him a job. I helped him finance it. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. He flaked on me when I tried to talk about the deals of what I'm giving him per album. It's really interesting, too. Mark was sick when they recorded this album. And the liner notes in the cassette claim that it was recorded in 12 hours, but they later corrected it to two days. Classic Blink trying to be more <laughs> punk than they really are. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's, this album was really influenced by the descendants who is almost all three of their favorite band. I think like even Travis now, they all love the descendants. Um, okay. I don't blame them. The album was originally untitled, but the album art, which was photographs taken by their friend, Cam Jones in Scott's backyard heavily featured, uh, I think Scott's dad's Buddha statue out in the garden. And oh, no way. that's what it became colloquially known as. And it just ended up becoming the official name of the album so the original version of buddha had two quote-unquote super fan extra bonus tracks they were the family next door and transvestite super fan you say super fan extra bonus tracks. extra bonus tracks. so these were tracks that only josh could listen to only our super fan josh until another oh you know what it's funny it's plate. funny because my girlfriend's like i'm a super fan why don't That's you call so me? That's so true. Why don't super you call me a super Sarah. fan? We should hook them up. They'd be perfect. No, for each wait, other. no. <laughs> I dislike this new new I thing. Kid, I kid. Super fan Josh is actually about to have a baby with his beautiful, wonderful girlfriend uh, in just a couple days. So congratulations to them. Oh, congratulations awesome. and congrats. Uh, yeah. And apparently you're, you're not the only super fan in the house. Yeah, I would never try to split you up with your super fan, Craig. So the song My Pet Sally uh, is supposedly somewhat about this security guard at their school that would drive around and supposedly still works there, I guess. And has a and pet named Sally? She drives around on a big, no, her name's Sally, on a oh. big uh, like golf cart and you know catches students doing cutting class and checking hall passes and stuff. The security guards at their school had a golf cart to ride? <laughs> Apparently she did. And uh, it, it, clearly it also sounds like a song about masturbation and possibly even an actual pet salamander. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's probably multi-layered. 
pet salamander named Sally. If I did do this cartoon, I would want there to be a salamander in there named Sally, and I would want the fucking security guard to be a character, too. Also named Sally. Yes, maybe he named the salamander after, after her. After it. Yes. So there was this local indie label named Cargo Records. They were pretty big on the scene around the time Diego. in San Diego. Yeah. And they got a hold of Blink, and they said that, hey, you know, we could... Uh, we could sign you on a trial period if you want. And they thought about it. They were like, shit, sure. And shortly after that, they created their debut actual album, Cheshire Cat. Supposedly, they recorded it in three days. Three days, huh? Just like uh, Buddha. That's no, no way. I didn't know that. Well, if you think about it, some of the songs on, you know, a lot of the songs on the album were previously released demos. I'm sorry, but I'm just like, oh, three days, huh? Just like Buddha. No, 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 Nathan. That was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the album. Yeah, I didn't even the, catch the it. demo Buddha. <laughs> no, that was still Jesus. So the album was released on February 17th, 1995. And the artwork, which is a picture of a Siamese cat that has like these super bright, like cobalt eyes came from a calendar that a salesman had left at the warehouse Tom worked at. Not a warehouse, W-H-E-R-E. That, he wasn't as lucky as Mark to work at a warehouse. But, uh... Oh? Nor was it a warehouse, which is like a werewolf. It's a man that turns into a house under the light of the full moon. <laughs> it's definitely not one of those, huh? And invites weary travelers in to... It's, I think it's just the warehouse that people assume you're talking about when you say the word warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> um... The band requested permission to use the photo, but they were denied. So Cargo's art department actually enhanced the picture so much that they were safe from copyright infringement. (laughs) That's punk rock. They made it that much better. They were like, fuck you. We're using your picture anyway. We're just going to make it look better than your picture. So much better that you don't own the copyright anymore. You own the copyright to the inferior version. Higher cheekbones mix in with the dopier No, they like digitally enhanced it. They probably like fixed the resolution and brightened the eyes and changed it enough that it's like they own the rights to a different photograph. It's now a new photograph. Right. Which is ridiculous. Why can't I just do that with a Blink-182 song? Right? <laughs> Remix that shit. It's a different song now. No, 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 no. See, it's all the I've small things in a different it. key. <laughs> so I can, I can release a reissue, remastered version of Fly Swatter if I wanted to. I just have to enhance it digitally. Yeah, absolutely. Add a few explosions. George Lucas the fuck out of it. I should do some meta commentary and release my own enhanced version of Cheshire of your Cat. Own? Oh, I thought you were going to say of your own music. That too. Uh, clearly, these guys are Alice in Wonderland fans. Um, Have to be. Cheshire Cat. Obviously. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't use the actual Cheshire Cat, but that could probably been an even bigger legal issue. Right. Well, no. No, that's in the public domain. Oh, right, right. But their Surprise, mascot. Surprise, Disney didn't like, own it. Their fucking mascot, man, the Loser Kids Bunny, is modeled after the White Rabbit, according to Tom. Like, it started with the White Rabbit. Makes sense. And that bunny, you know the bunny I'm talking about. Yeah. He's kind of moshing. He's got the jeans. He's got the chain. Yeah. Man, cool fucking bunny. Uh, loser Kids. A lot of people don't know the origin of this bunny or what Loser Kids is. The bunny was just what it is. It's a logo for them that kind of epitomizes their youthful exuberance and uh, punk rock rebellion and uh, love for Alice in Wonderland, I guess. <laughs> um, Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Loser Kids was a uh, clothing company that was directed straight at fans of, like, alternative rock. Like, not just alternative, but, you know, punk rock, like... 
all stuff the like different that. rock genres they, of the time. Like Blink One Eighty Two helped to form it with some other clothing company, and they they created Loser Kids. Yeah, so that's it. Um, they I were like, know. take that, Macbeth Clothing Company. I think it's worth noting my highlight of this album is Peggy Sue. I fucking love it. Great song. Uh, that's the Alone in Your Room, grinding your teeth down to your chin. I fucking love that song. It's great. I don't know. I love the 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 the. the <laughs> I don't know the aesthetic of it. It's not necessarily what it says, but it's not not what it says. It's just a fun song. I think it's the best song. But it's not 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 what it says. Wrong. Right. No, it's right. Right is wrong now. And the highlight of the last album, Buddha, would have to be Carousel. I like the version on Buddha better than the version on Cheshire Cat, but the vocals on Cheshire Cat are better than the vocals on Buddha. It's always something. Just for that song, at least. So this album ended up, it got decently big, and it caught the attention of Irish pop band Blink. Who were like, wow, wow, wow. One wow. of us needs to do an Irish accent, not it. I can't. I'm, I, I'm, I'm like almost half Irish, and I cannot do yeah, an Irish I'm, accent. Yeah, I'm pretty Irish. Life. That was it. That was oh, what's, what's this all going on now here? You did it the, <laughs> like, we did it on a previous episode. You were like, you aren't blink. Stop stealing me lucky charms. Just can't do it. Well, they threatened to sue him. So they agreed to change their name to avoid legal action. Kind of. And blink gave blink one week to change their name. Uh, like two weeks later, they still hadn't done oh, it. Oh, yeah. They were like, yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll do it. Sure. They called them and were like, quote, unquote, change your name or we'll change it for you. Scary stuff. And they literally were just like, word, blink uh, 182. And just added a random number. <laughs> no, I bet you what happened is the three of them are sitting around. They're just like, Tom's just like, hey, Mark. Yeah. I'm hey, thinking of a hey, number. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey, Mark. I'm really surprised not having heard the Mark, Tom, and Travis show that you did that. That's a like running thing through that. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Um, I'm thinking of a number between zero and 297. What? What is it? Uh, 182. Okay, sure. We're now Blink 182. Well, there are all sorts of fan theories. One of them is that it's the amount of times uh, Tony Montana says fuck in Scarface. Oh, in Scarface, yeah. Now, I wonder... If that's true. I know that's not where the name comes from, but I wonder if that is the amount of times he says it. We're going to have to watch it to find out. Or Maybe Google. somebody has nah, done it on it. Google. We'll make a drinking game out of it, and we'll lose count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll lose count after the first act of Scarface. We'll just watch the whole second act and be like, was that 500 or was that 36? <laughs> We'd have a better time listening to the shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, motherfucker song on loop for the duration of the time that Scarface would normally run. Man, that song had a catchy tune to it and a great hook. Also, there's like this numerology theory that like 18 and 2 is like RB, which is Rancho Bernardo, whatever. That kind of talk reminds me... Uh, like it just makes me think of like the Common Core math system that they're doing now. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like it, it seems like to do that, you would have to have a full apartment room uh, just devoted to pictures and strings attached to things. <laughs> That's how they came up with the name. That would be a great episode of the cartoon. Like Mark and Travis come home one day, and Tom's got all these strings like across and all the like clothes pinned. 
and sticky notes and everything, you know, yeah. and pins in the wall and stuff. And like, and he's and he's just like, I've got it. Our new name, <laughs> Blink One Eighty One. And then like, ah, damn it, so and close. Then like, Mark pulls off this uh, this uh, sticky note or something, and uh, later, you know, he's like looking at it or something. He crumples it and throws it up, and it, you know, later it becomes Blink One Eighty Two. I don't know. He was off by one. Like later, he's like, "What was her name again?" And he goes through all his notes, and he's like, "And he comes up with one eighty two this time." And it turns out he had the right, like the code to everything, the secret of the universe and beyond. Was in one eighty one. But uh, yeah, but he lost it because Mark threw out that little piece of paper. That's typical. Or no, Mark. it should have been Travis. See, in my cartoon version, because Mark and Tom were always talking, and this was before Travis blew up. Like he, he's like the most popular member now. Uh, he never talked. I had him as kind of like the silent character of the group in the cartoon. Oh, yeah? He never talked. Well, I mean, right now when we're talking, Travis isn't even part of the group yet. No, no. (laughs) If I actually were given the opportunity to do this show, of course it would be Mark, Tom, and Travis. But I would feel a little twang of guilt portraying their early days, even though it's clearly not supposed to be entirely accurate without Scott. Right. That would be what makes it accurate. You need Scott in there. I guess. But Travis is the one that's known now. Last episode, Travis pulls off his mask. And it was Scott the whole time. The whole time. It was me, Mark. It It was was me. And then he pulls off his mask. It was actually Vince McMahon. No! Uh, After Cheshire Cat, they released a three-song demo, which is pretty rare, known as They Came to Conquer Ellipses Uranus. After the ellipses? Yeah, they came to conquer dot, 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 Uranus. That three-song demo did have Waggy on it, which would later appear on Dude Ranch. So at this point, major labels kind of became interested in them. Yeah, they, they kind of started touring a little more uh, in 1995. They actually were friends with the band Unwritten Law, and they borrowed their van to go do that. And that was when other labels started to notice them. Angsty kids started to really dig their music. Well... Interesting, uh, funny note, the van actually broke down on their first trip out with it. It was really unwritten law sabotaging them. They're like, <laughs> needs new muffler. Well, like, we're going to let them take the blame for that. This car's on the verge. <laughs> yeah. We'll just gonna... yell at them afterwards. <laughs> what the fuck? You broke our van. Then they're going to have to buy us a us new a one. Van. Well, yeah, major labels became interested and a bidding war began between Interscope, MCA, an epitaph. Uh, MCA promised complete artistic freedom, and that clinched the deal. They signed with MCA. So, with MCA, they recorded Dude Ranch. Yeah, that has my favorite Blink song. That's my favorite Blink-182 album. Hands down, the definitive Blink-182 album. If you're not familiar with Blink and you're still listening, that's the album you want to listen to. Dude Ranch. First album you listen to should be Dude Ranch. Absolutely. Uh, if not Dude Ranch, Enema. Um, One of those two, but I would still say Dude Ranch. Again, their best album without Travis. And it's their sound, in a nutshell. Bam, right there. And it is really interesting because Travis is such an inseparable part of the band. It's very interesting that he's not on this album. I wonder what the album would have sounded like if he was. Yeah, because he is a great drummer. Yeah, but I think it's almost pointless to speculate because the sound of this album works well without him on it. He works well with their newer, more crisp sound, I guess. But Dude Ranch was released June 17th, 1997, 
through both Cargo Music and MCA Records. Interesting. MCA let them because of the contract they signed. They had a, Cargo yeah, was they, able to still release their albums. It was fucking cool. Uh, during the sessions for this album, they also recorded a Christmas song. Aw. I Won't Be Home for Christmas. Do you know Aww. this song? Yes, I do. I've heard it. It's been so long since I've right. heard it, though. I had a Christmas mixtape back in high school with tons of... An insane Christmas. No. No. Okay. It had the Tenacious D, Tenacious D Sum 41 collaboration Christmas song, which is great. If you haven't heard it, just Google Tenacious D Sum 41. You're not going to get much results that aren't <laughs> this Christmas Will song. Will do. I have not heard that. Oh, it's fucking great, dude. I liked Sum 41 a lot for a period of time. They don't sing in it. It's uh, it's basically Jack Black replacing the vocalist of Sum 41, more or less. Even better. I'm in. Let's listen to this now. Take a five-minute breather. Okay. Uh, funny, funny little anecdote. Rolling Stone totally mixed up the vocalists in the review for this album. Uh, just listen to this quote from their review. Guitarist Tom DeLonge plays the straight man, singing sturdily in deadpan, while the squeakier-voiced bassist Mark Hoppus huh. bleats urgently about romance gone wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong, sir. You are incorrect, sir. Switch those names, please. Oh, and the instruments they play? They're like, drummer Travis Barker, wrong. Wrong. This man doesn't even <laughs> exist yet. Well, he exists. <laughs> Not in the Blink he's, universe. He's playing with the Aquabats at this time, I believe. Yes, this is true. So, man, I wanted to throw together a top nine list, and I did throw together a list of nine Blink-182 songs that would be my nine favorites, but I couldn't put them in order. And even just doing that, there were songs on there that were like, yo, if I was straight up, it would be nine songs from Dude Ranch. <laughs> but I don't want to do that. That's hilarious. Not Your really. top nine would be Dude Ranch. Peggy Sue would still be on there. Um, Mutt would still be on there. Wendy Clear would still be on there. So six would be from Dude Ranch. <laughs> right. But, man... I love this. Uh, damn it. You said that's one of your favorites. It is my favorite. The riff from that song came from Mark Hoppus having to improvise and skip over two missing strings on an acoustic guitar. You don't say. Yeah. And that's where we got that from. Uh, and then he said, damn it. <laughs> we all know Josie, right? Yeah, my girlfriend. Uh, that Josie, a lot of people thought like, oh, that must cats. be Mark's uh, girlfriend. Josie was the name of their neighbor's dog. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> His girlfriend was a dog. Well, the more you get into <laughs> that's it, that's, okay. a, that's a running theme in their work, having sex with dogs. With dogs. Um, or just even sometimes innocently just preferring the company of dogs to other people. Because, hey, I can totally get that. Not not sexually preferring the company of dogs. But yeah, sometimes sure, I yeah. would just rather hang out with my dog than any of my boys. Or Me too, than actually. Any of my girlfriends. Dick Lips, which is one of my... All-time favorite Blink songs. This is in the top two. <laughs> Dick Lips. <laughs> this song is about Tom getting expelled, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he or got the expelled. Beginning of the topic, at least. Yeah, true. Halfway through the episode, uh, he got expelled when he was about fifteen for drinking at a basketball game and getting really drunk, and that's what it's about. Uh, Apple shampoo, which was one of my. Probably, this was probably my favorite Blink song in high school. Yeah, I um, love that song. I love it, too. It's about Elise Rogers from Dancehall Crashers. They're the DHC in Josie. Yeah, my girlfriend. 
likes you well, Unwritten Law, and yeah. DHC, Dancehall Crashers. And, uh, yeah, Mark was dating her for a while, but, you know, both getting tired of punk rock clubs and both playing in punk rock bands. Awesome. Yeah. Start with something good. But then we got to move on to when the whole shit with Scott and Travis happened. Some good things must end. <sighs> Unfortunately... As we said that they signed with MCA over Epitaph, that kind of uh, pissed off Scott. He really was into it. He wanted to be on Epitaph. He loved that record label. That, that maybe was his set choice. the seeds a little bit yeah, of some of the it, disagreements. They started like bickering more. Well, he also apart. had a problem with alcoholism. That was another thing, yeah. And that was... I mean, mixed with that. That, uh, according to Scott and anyone else asked, was the main issue. He had a problem with alcoholism. Nope, it was Epitaph. And it interfered with their show. Like, he was, he broke his uh, legs or his feet or something because of it. And he was unable to tour. This was in the middle of their tour. Yeah. And it was because of a drunken stunt he was doing. And Travis, who was in the Aquabats, who were touring alongside them. Thank God. Learned their entire set. In 45 minutes. It was like 20 songs. 45 minutes. Their set was probably 45 minutes. He literally was like, got it. Let's go. They're like, well, don't you want to? Got it. Let's go. <laughs> Actually, your band is up you. first. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, oh, fuck. I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> he starts playing the Blink songs during the Aquabat song. <laughs> But they got him to cover, and needless to say, Travis Barker is one of the best drummers around. And they liked it. <laughs> and, I mean, he's uh, no Neil Peart, but... They gave Scott an ultimatum. They said, quit drinking, go to rehab, or you're out. Like, it's, it's the band or beer. And so he did, but then they were like, well, Travis is better. They So you're still him. out. They, they still kicked him out. It's It sucks. There's no way for me to really not feel a little bit like, oh, ouch, about this. I feel like, and you can fault them for it or you can praise them for it, and honestly, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, I feel like they were, they knew what they had, and they knew that they had the potential to blow up and that they were on to something and they were going places, and they had to be serious about it, and they really had to, in a sense, be ruthlessly serious. Like, it's all business, and uh, I know that's not very punk rock, but... But it's reality. Then again, you can't define punk rock. Defining punk rock is not punk rock. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, and I do feel bad for them. But what I really, who I really feel bad for are the rest of the Aquabats. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing ever happened again. They're like, really, Travis? Really? You're going to fuck us over now? Oh, you, you, did you hear Blink's taking a break? Oh, he's, now he's doing something with Rancid now. Okay. <laughs> or like like a fifth of rancid. <laughs> Are you saying he's eating a fifth of rancid meat? No, no, the band rancid. God damn it. He's eating a fifth of the band rancid. No wonder he got so famous so fast. Well, can he do us too? Because he's kind of doing uh, plus 44 as well. And a reality show <laughs> and a clothing line. Travis, come back. The Aquabats need you. Um... <laughs> So shortly after that, though, was th when it all blew up. Enema of the State was released June 1st, 1999. The cover art features Janine Lindemulder, a porn star, star of WMB, Weapons of Masturbation, ha. Sleeping Booty, ha. 
Dirty Bob's Excellent Adventures 35. Oh, oh. Headshots, which I can only imagine was a Call of Duty themed <laughs> sword. Boom, headshots. And uh, teabagging yeah, was different I, I in that one. Her. I, I wonder, does IMDb list all adult films, like even the ones with like really racy names? You're saying like, would it say uh, like all pussy motherfuckers? Yes. Number 16. Like clip pounding, cock sucking. Listen, we could spend 24. the rest of the night sitting here and coming up with porn t- That's the name. It starts with like, like fucking comma. Busting, and they use proper was. grammar like, too. Would IMDb catalog that? Probably that not. Where they're like, no, because I feel like she had to be in more movies than. <laughs> anyway, uh, Enema of the State. This is when most people caught on to Blink One Eighty Two. People were like, "What's Blink One Eighty Two? There's a porn star chick on the cover." I don't know if most people recognize the porn most thirteen-year-olds at the they... time. Oh, really? Okay. No, not really. But Craig's like, "That's how I got introduced." Not true. I was watching a porn and I just heard all the small things. <laughs> it was in the porn. I watch a very niche version of porn that deals with a lot of small things. Yeah, so. because when I was that age, it was so super accessible at the time. Waiting 40 minutes for a JPEG of Pamela Anderson to download. <laughs> Fully clothed, mind you. 40 minutes? No, no, that's getting too ahead of myself. It was more like three and a half days. Thank you, AOL 3.0. Well, there's some hidden messagery. Yes, it's it's a thing. I said it, hidden messagery. I wasn't <laughs> going to argue it. Uh, in this CD art, uh, if you take the CD out of the CD case, there's an eye behind it. And this on the spine of the CD case, if you look really closely in the borders. Itty bitty bitty border. Itty bitty words. Very tiny words that say, Viking wizard eyes, wizard full of lies. What does it mean? What is some Da Vinci Code bullshit? (laughs) Right? We'll leave that up to the listener. Some things have to be left a mystery. We can't explain everything to your fucking lazy asses. Yeah, you figure it out and tell us. (laughs) Get off your ass and put some fucking clothespins up and ruin your apartment with strings and stick it notes and... I'm Please sorry. don't. Don't I'm sorry. do that. I'm don't do that. That's, our lovely fan base. That, right that's now. what sends you into a spiral, way out of control. Before you know it, you end up in the mental asylum. I'm not talking to all of you. Just super fan Josh. I'm assuming he's the only one that listens. <laughs> I've connected it, episode six to episode sixty-one. <laughs> it all makes sense now. So, man, the songs on this album, like Dude Ranch. So many of them are really good. There's Dumpweed, the opening song, and this song did get a lot of flack for the line, I need a girl that I can train. And again, I hate to sound like a Blink-182 apologist or someone who's trying to deny, like, you know, the stuff we were talking about earlier, objectification and all that. Uh, But I legitimately believe that what he was talking about was that he prefers to hang out with his dog. Now that I think about it, because he has talked about wanting to, re- he would rather spend time with his dog than a girl, anyways. I need a girl that I can train, he, i.e., his bitch. He literally. said, <laughs> "Where my bitch at? <laughs> what is a good girl? A good girl. Who's a puppy? You're five years old, but you're a puppy. A bestiality's guy. Um, he he did say in an interview, like." 
he was like women are smarter than men there's there's not many areas that men feel like they are able to like you know feel like they're smarter at all than their girlfriends and stuff and uh the only girl that he feels smarter than is his dog or whatever and that something like that i I'm, I'm butchering what he said that's cute but though he was like it's not saying it's not about training a human girl it's not about like objectifying a human female it's it's just about oh i just want to hang out with my dog because i'm smarter than it <laughs> <laughs> aliens exist they do <laughs> but be but besides that, back to Blink One Eighty Two. I just oh, wanted okay. to throw that out there. There's a song on this album that's called "Aliens Exist." That's such a coincidence that you just happened. Oh, to make I was that just statement. talking about that, wasn't I? I did make that exact statement. True. <laughs> when I first got this album and I heard that song, it blew my mind because I grew up reading UFO lore and I believed hardcore and ufos and ancient astronauts yeah. and all that shit as at a kid. this time as a kid oh, uh, as a kid so once i got to high school not as much but uh i still remembered all the books i read i still had them oh absolutely i still have them <laughs> and that blew my mind i'm like dude i think the guy from blink 182 was abducted by aliens listen to this song i showed it to jeremy he was on uh self radio who me and him talked a lot about crazy weird shit like aliens and philosophy and stuff like that in high school. And oh I was yeah. Like, Listen to this dude. And he's like, Holy shit. <laughs> Did he agree with you? They what? referenced the majestic 12 in that song. If you no don't know way. what the majestic 12 is, Oh, we'll do an episode. Eventually oh, we will. One of these days we'll get around to it. We got time. That's all we got really for we'll this do a podcast. 12 part episode. We'll do one for each majestic. I'd rather not. Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Samuel Jackson. It was like I thought you were gonna 11. go back on with no. Mark. I was like Mark Hoppus, Mark Hoppus, <laughs> just Marks everywhere except for Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> He's the only Leonardo the Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Leos and Marks. Leon, yeah, you said Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. What the fuck are we talking about? Why the fuck do people listen to this podcast? <laughs> Mark McGrath. <laughs> Superfan Josh, you need to you need to think about your life, man. What are you doing with your life listening to this shit? You've you think to, that's bad. Superfan Sarah, what are you doing with your whole life? You're actually with me. <laughs> and you guys have listened to like eight days straight of us talk. I'm I'm willing to say, Dave Flora, you've done the same thing. What the fuck, guys? Take a look in the mirror and be brutally honest with yourself. You're wasting your life listening to us. Wait, no, no, no. We don't want to get that. Think point of the out. things you could be accomplishing instead of listening to us, or think of the things you could be accomplishing while, while listening to us. To us, see that you knew where I was yeah. going with that. I was going for a shameless plug because that's why podcasting's so great because you can be productive while you podcast. Well, not while you podcast. You have to sit down and drink beer and while you listen talk to about podcasts. bullshit. But while you listen to podcasts, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Blink One Eighty Two. I think we have. We actually have for quite a good amount of time. Right. But let's get back on the high horse here, uh, or the low horse. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. We can. What's uh, my age again? Twenty nine. Yes. 
But uh, back to Blink-182, they had a song. Sorry, I keep changing the subject. Uh, they had a song called What's My Age Again? And this song was originally titled Peter Pan Complex. Makes sense. It's what it's about, right? Yeah. Uh, in the video, too. I am seriously surprised they didn't title it like Michael Jackson Complex because at the time, that's like you know the big thing. He had Peter Pan Complex, right? And uh, in the music video, which I'm sure everyone remembers, if not everyone, someone, yeah, Naked Blink, <laughs> yeah, running around town. The extras in the video had no idea the band was going to be naked. All they knew was that the band was going to be running through and running by them. So those are genuine reactions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're all, every time like their eyes go wide and like, they're looking at Travis. <laughs> Craig's like, I know I was. It was blurred out. Okay. I can't tell. It might as well have been black box. I was looking anyway. Yeah. I was looking at his tattoos. I'm serious. I was, I was invested in them. Then there was their other big single, All the Small Things. I could make an easy, easy joke about this one, but I'm just going to abstain. I'm better than that. I think it's about this time that I have to kind of address something that I think needs to be addressed. Well, this is the perfect platform, Nathan. Speak your mind. <laughs> the, like you haven't done that enough this episode, Exactly, Nathan. or any other episode. They're pop songs. Uh, I don't mean they are pop songs. I do mean that. But I mean they're T-H-E-I-R. The pop, pop songs, songs that are theirs. Yes. Um, they obviously get a lot of criticism. Oh, they sold out. They're not a pop. They're not a punk band. They're just a pop band with punk-ish sound. I hear these songs like What's My Age Again and All the Small Things. And I feel like they know what they're – they know exactly what – there's no way the person who wrote – I want to fuck a fucking pirate in the ass. Ah, and wrote, like her dad is big and I've never seen his face while he's talking about spying on a girl through her window and shit. Like there's no way that they wrote. She left me roses by the stairs. Surprises. <laughs> let me know. She cares without say it ain't so self-aware without being self-aware. See, <laughs> you got it right there. Um, there's no way. They know what they're doing, and I think they're like, word, we're going to fucking... I, even if the label was like, yo, can you write a few pop songs? Then they were like, all right, we'll, we'll do exactly that. Like, <laughs> we're going <laughs> we're gonna to fucking ham it up to motherfucking Kingdom Come. And I always hated like the vocal melody and shit of all the small things. One, two, one, two, one, one two, two, three, one, four... Two. And one, two, one, two, three, four, five. No. You know what I actually knew? You know what I actually didn't know until recently? Um, All the Small Things is a Ramones-esque song. It's very inspired by the Ramones. Tom meant it to be a Ramones-esque song. It makes sense to me now, and I'm not a big Ramones fan because it's very... One, two, one, two. Yeah. Na, 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 There you go. Yeah. Oh. It's totally a Ramones song. And that makes me have even more respect for it. They knew they were writing a pop punk song. So they took the most pop punk band in the world. No, not good Charlotte. Ah, I'm glad. I'm the glad Ramones. it wasn't them. I'm so glad it wasn't them. <laughs> yes, because to be the most pop punk band in the world, you not ha- you not only have to be poppy punk, but you have to be the most popular poppy punk band in the world at the same time. 
<laughs> popping short for nothing. That would be not. Anyway. You're losing me. Uh, funny, too, all the small things in the video. Uh, you know how they're like parodying boy bands in yeah, this whole music and video? Yeah, like winking. <laughs> they're on a beach, which is the same beach that One Direction is on in their song that came out like a couple years ago. Do you think One Direction did that because they're like Blink-182 no, did it? We like them. It's probably either A, Blink-182 was psychic, or B, it's just a popular beach to rent out in California when you are a band operating out of Hollywood filming hmm. music videos. I think... I'm going to go with the former on this one. Then there's a couple other noteworthy things to say about the songs. Going Away to College, one of their most simple songs, but also one of the most emotional ones. Uh, It really hit me. Uh, When I was a kid, dude, I was so horrified of graduating high school. Yeah, senior year, listening to that song like really made me think about things. (sighs) That and uh, what was that Saves the Day song? Tonight will be... The night that we... I'm trying to think of it in my head. Well, like we I'm, can't sing it. You're singing it. I'm like, I'm like putting it in my head. This I'm like, is not oh, an I exit. know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. It's called This Is Not An Exit. Yeah. Belly up to the clouds. Man, saves the day. I haven't even thought about listening to them in years. <laughs> Mark wrote that song, not Belly Up To The Clouds. Um but going away to college, he wrote that on Valentine's Day when he was sick at home. Took him 10 minutes to write the song because it really is just a couple chords punk. and a guitar. Because uh, <laughs> that is fucking punk. It was after he recently saw Can't Hardly Wait because they did a song for the soundtrack. And uh, he was like... Great movie, by the way. About being in love in high school and having to... Great movie, by the way. Can't Hardly Wait. Really? That reminds me... Is it of... really? Uh, I mean, not. I've never seen not, it. It's not a... Okay, it's not a great movie, I guess, in terms of actual film, but I love it. There's so much, there's so much about it that that I love about just like the mocking of what a high school party is and then leaving. It's so cliche, but it's like self aware that it's so cliche. Almost. Nice. I've never seen it. I'll check it out. Then, of course, Adam's song. That was one of their other breakthrough hits from this album. That was the third most popular single there. The really depressing one, supposedly. Yeah. For a long time, it was thought to be about a letter that Mark read from a kid before he committed suicide. But then it turns out they were just confusing that with the Eminem song, Stan. Because uh, <laughs> uh, that happens often, confusing Blink-182 with Marshall Mathers. Ugh, don't get me started on Marshall Mathers. I won't. I'm Please not going don't. to. This is going to be a long podcast yeah, if we do. We- uh Actually, supposedly, this song is actually an homage to an old Mr. Show with Bob and David sketch where a boy attempts suicide after listening to his favorite band. Um, That's crazy. Did you catch the Nirvana reference in this song? I took my time. I hurried up. The choice was mine. I didn't think enough. In Nirvana, it was... uh, uh, Hold on. I got to change the melody. Right, right. melody out of my head or I can't do it. What song was it? Hold on. No. So take your time. Hurry up, the choice is yours, don't, don't be late. late. Yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that, but I caught right? that now, right? Yeah. Right? Holy shit. Also, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Holy shit! Viking wizard eyes, Viking full of lies. I mean, wizard full of lies. I don't know! The apartment is filling up with strings and photographs. I mean what I say and, and I say what I notes. mean. Have some tea. Would you like Oolong? Seriously, Oolong? guys, why are you listening to this podcast? You have so many better. No, podcasts I'm I'm more interested. Do you, could could I could I uh, help you? Could I help you get some Oolong tea? 
Maybe some Union silver tips. Seriously, guys. Other like did Black you know with that Ginger. Kevin Smith has a podcast. The guy who made Clerks much better at dialogue than us. Um, blurry photos. They talk about like all sorts of crazy cool shit. Like much better than us. I don't like the new Nathan that's putting down our podcast while we're podcasting. Shit, Jake and Amir from College Humor. They already have enough listeners, man. <laughs> There's so many podcasts. Uh, Stuff You Should Know. StuffYouShouldKnow.com. So much more informative than us. They don't fuck shit up like us. You're selling yourself short. (laughs) You're selling me short, too. (laughs) So back to your regularly scheduled programming, the Blink-182 podcast. Minus the T. Man, uh, after Enema, there was all sorts of... Shit, they they had a documentary, the Urethra Chronicles, came out shortly afterwards. A lot of cool home videos, all their music videos, cool shit on there. Anytime I hear the word urethra, I can only think of Hank Hill. Okay, I can only think of urethra, I guess, but... I've got a narrow urethra. That boy ain't right. (laughs) I, I didn't watch enough King of the Hill, I'm sorry. Well, you should be. They've guest appeared in a lot of things too after that. They had a really bit part in The Simpsons. Yeah, they they were playing a show for Tony Hawk, (laughs) who happened to live above Bart when Bart moved out of the house and emancipated himself (laughs) at 10. (laughs) Because The Simpsons just really kept in touch with realism as the seasons went on. Um, Everyone knows they're an American pie. Oh, no way. In what scene? (laughs) <laughs> they had the monkey, right? Yeah, they had the monkey. They were watching in another guy's garage the live web feed of Jim trying to get laid. Of Jason Biggs being typical Jason Biggs. Did you know that Tom is in Idle Hands? Yes. I want to say yes. Literally, I had no idea until I IMDb'd him in preparation for this episode and was like, what? Because it's literally for like three seconds. Then I want to say no. When they, uh, you know, have you seen Idle Hands yes. enough to... I, well, I love that movie. Yeah, I've Great seen movie. it a few times, but I don't know if it's enough to... Remember when he kind of breaks into the fast food restaurant and he puts on the outfit and he's like, you're on break to yeah. the guy yeah, who goes yeah, to the yeah. drive-thru? Tom is the guy that he comes up to and he's like, you're on break, I'm taking over drive-thru. And he's like, oh, sweet. And that's <laughs> it. That's that it. is it. <laughs> um, they're also apparently in an episode of Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Playing naked in the pizza place. It's funny because as a kid, I knowing that show was terrible. As a kid, I loved that show when it I was have on. Never once seen that show. I can't even form. I a wanted mental, to say that I had seen every episode. I can't even form a mental picture of what the people in the show look like. Ryan anything. Reynolds is one of them. What? Yeah. What? Young Ryan Reynolds. Say what? No, no. What? Say, what? Yeah, right. what? <laughs> Okay. And I want to say Jenna Elfman was another one. Or no, 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 no. Naomi Watts? No. Yes. Naomi Watts? Naomi Watts is really pretty, especially for like a blonde white girl Hollywood starlet. Because most of them look the same. Well, yeah, she was in uh, King Kong. (laughs) That's That's all I got. I'm sorry. Ryan Reynolds was the Green Lantern. That supports my point, but sure. (laughs) References. So then came their live album. Oh, that's right. Not Naomi Watts' live album, but Blink-182's Blink live album. The Mark, Tom, and Travis show. Yeah. You said you've never listened to it? I don't think I have. 
I really liked it when it came out, and eventually I caught on and realized they touched this up heavily in the studio. They re-recorded all the vocals. They touched up the songs. So it wasn't quite a live album? It was recorded over two live shows, but a lot of it was in the studio. I'd wager most of it. Uh, but I, I, it's Boo. still fun. There's a lot of Boo. banter in between songs where they're, you know, Mark and Tom talking to each other, and that stuff's really funny. And uh, what's weird is I think I would have really enjoyed that. They're all good versions of the songs. Like it's cool to hear some songs from Cheshire Cat done with Travis. You know what I mean? And done with oh, their yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. like behind them. But. It's it just, just sucks because to know Travis wasn't in the totally band at the time doesn't mean he hasn't played all those songs since. But their next actual album was called "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Take off your pants and jacket. You know how long it was before I got that title? Instantly. I hope it was instantly. No, a long time. God damn it. Years. God damn you. I was graduating really? from high school by the time. Really? Yes. I was always just like, what a weird name. That's how I found out because I said to a friend, I'm like, what a weird name for an album. Take off your pants and jacket. Like, I guess because you walk in, you know, you take, hey, take off your jacket. Hey, you know, they're just like, get really comfortable. Take off your pants and your jacket. Super comfortable. And he's like, no, it's take off your pants Did he do the mood, the motion, the hand motion? Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Like, that's such a Homer Simpson response. (laughs) Like, they'll be like, that's what that means? What an immature band. I had no idea they were so immature. That is it. Well, then you haven't been listening, sir. (laughs) This album was released June 12th, 2001. Uh, This album has at least... This album has my two least favorite Blink-182 songs. The Rock Show? The Rock Show. I really dislike that show, too. And first, I mean, that song. That and First Date. Um, I I like all the small things and What's My Age Again. As poppy and trite as they are... I like them. They're still catchy. Rock show and first date. Dude, I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. She said what? And I told her that I didn't know. Did you really just give up, dude? That is not a fucking lyric. (laughs) No. She's so cool. I'm going to sneak into her window. I don't like them. They're very. Because why? They're they're too one, two, one, two. They're too formulaic. They're too trite. The lyrics sound like. A 12-year-old came up with them off the top of their head. I hope you can take the criticism, Blink, because we're gushing about you for the rest of the episode. But god damn, I hate those songs. I honestly don't think I remember First Date. but like I remember it, but I remember not liking it. A lot of this album was like, there were a lot of songs in there. I was just like, okay, there's, I think I'm over you guys. There's no vocal melody. It's like, blah, 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. And one thing that's that I my like type of about, jam right there. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I like about Blink is that they do have vocal melodies over this like traditional no FX uh, descendant style punk rock, you know. But it is what it is. Do you think they let the MTV fame get to them? I like I said, I think they know exactly what they're doing with these pop songs. They know. There's no way that they were like, dude, isn't this lyric awesome? She said what? And I told her that I didn't know. You think, uh, do you think Mark was just like, yeah, that's, that's cool, but maybe we should start, like, maybe work on it a little more. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 it's cool. We're blink. We record our albums in two days. All right. Well, we got to get to Taco Bell in the next 40 minutes. No, sir. Sombrero, not Taco Bell. Sombrero. Get Get it it right. Get it right. Uh, there were three symbols for this album. A plane, take off, pants, pants 
pants. Pants. And a jacket. Jacket. Right. Uh, Makes sense. It's crazy because each one of those symbols was assigned to one of the members. The plane, Travis begged for them to not uh, assign the plane to him because he had a horrible fear of flying. Oh, that's so crazy. Right? Because later on September 19th, 2008, Travis Barker was one of two survivors of a flight that had six people on it that crashed and uh, suffered severe burns. Like, wow. Crazy that he survived, too. Like, lucky. Fuck! I spent the whole time up here convincing myself this wasn't going to happen, that I was being ridiculous. You know I'm never flying again, right? Uh, One cool thing I like about this. Did you have this CD, Craig? No. No, I did not. Me and a few of my friends did, and I feel like Blink didn't tell people this. If they did, I didn't know. The internet wasn't as developed as it is now. Um, Very true. There were three different versions of the CD, and you didn't know which one you were going to get when you bought it. There was one that was the red plane symbol, one that was the yellow uh, pants, and one that was the green jacket. And each one had two different bonus tracks on it. Get out of here. Yeah, each one had two unique bonus tracks. Uh, bonus tracks such as fuck a dog in the ass. I want to fuck a dog in the ass. I want to fuck a cat in the ass. Wanna Mostly. Fuck a fucking pirate. A dog. In the ass. <laughs> Those are real lyrics yeah. to a this, real bonus song. I like this, though. This was, the, I think, the last album where Blink really sounded like the old, like, traditional Blink. Yeah. So are you saying that Rock Show is still technically traditional Blink? Well, that is where this song and Enema of the State fall into that more crisp, more poppy Blink. But still Blink. I, they, they totally changed their sound after this. Well, after this, they actually went on a break. Tom went and focused on Boxcar Racer. I loved Boxcar Racer. Yeah. I did. I was a fan. I did too as a high schooler, and then I forgot about them for Didn't a while. Didn't realize that that was more inspired by a band that you introduced to me that's an older band, The Refused. Really? Yeah. They don't sound much like Refused. No, but it, it was one of Tom's inspirations. <laughs> well, actually, they don't sound much like The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused, but they probably sound like other Refused, which is way different than that one album. Travis decided to do his own side project too, which uh, well, I think it was Tim Armstrong's side project that he oh, participated he, in. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm still going to call it Travis's side project because this is a blink thing. Maybe it was a collabo between them. Maybe they both contributed equally. Either way, I remember when I first found out about the Transplants, I kept all I heard was it's Travis's new band. Okay, and I thought it sucked. All I heard was Travis and the guy from Rancid, and. uh there's some rapper in there, too. Yeah, that's what really made it suck was the rapper. He's not a good rapper. I liked it back in the day. I'm not going to lie, but I didn't think that his rap was very I didn't good. like it back in the day. I never did. I remember getting a, an epitaph sampler from some punk festival. It might have been a warp Tour. It might have been something else. But I listened to it, all the epitaph songs, and I was like, man, I really feel like epitaph is losing me now. Like, Death by Stereo, I didn't like... Uh, the transplants were on that, and I, would, I didn't like that song. And it was just, I, I, what I wanted was punk is growing, and you're trying to regress yet change it into like morph it. You know, mm. like the transplants were trying to morph the old school punk with rap, and other bands were just trying to have that more old school sound, but they weren't succeeding with it. I feel like they're trying to infuse like the same sound with like more melody, and it just wasn't working. Which came a lot from Blink-182's influence. Yeah. It really did. And that West Coast punk. Good Charlotte? 
No, that was definitely ripping off Blink-182's influence. I just oh. mean, Blink-182 came from a West Coast punk environment, which was much different from the New York punk environment we talked about in Absolutely. the CBGB episode, uh, which was more angry and cold and New York-y, which is funny because with rap, it's totally different. Rap from California, much more aggressive and angry. Different whereas, world for the people that live there. But rap from New York is much more chill and suave and... You know, cool. Jay-Z. Tribe Called Quest. Well, are they from Philadelphia or New York? They might be from Philadelphia, but it's still East Coast. The Roots, Philadelphia, East Coast. There you go. You were going to get there. Puff Daddy. No, and we lost it. (laughs) And it's gone. So Blink did regroup and released their Untitled album, which introduced their new Smiley Face logo. And this was released November 18th, 2003. I was... I was over Blink-182. I didn't want to hear new music from them. I just wanted to listen to their older albums at that time. See, that was where I had graduated high school, and I had kind of started to be like, I'm separating myself from this stuff I was into in high school when I was a kid. And You're trying to grow as an, an adult. But as I a heard, person. what? Blink-182 has a new album out. It had only been two years since their last album. But when you're younger like that, two years is a long time. And I was yeah. like, cool, I got to check it out. Way darker, much more experimental, more gothic with references to Nightmare Before Christmas and an appearance by Robert Smith of The Cure. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, no joke songs either. Like, it's very more serious album. Uh, what have, have you listened to it? No, I haven't, which I'm kind of sad about now because I feel like I might have enjoyed it more with the way I was, where I was going with, you know, growing as a music fan. So is this the point where you haven't listened to any Blink past this point? Basically, yeah. Wow. Well, they did break up after that in 2005. Yeah, and I thought that was like the end of Blink. I didn't even know of what was to come after that. (laughs) It's only been in the last few years. Um but in 2005, they broke up. Uh, Mark and Travis wanted to keep making music, even though Tom really wanted to split off. So they continued with Plus 44, their new band. Didn't Tom kind of feel betrayed about that? I don't know. I feel like he did. Like, And then Tom went off and did Angels and Airwaves, right? Well, he disappeared for a while. Just totally went off the grid. And you should... There's an article on Crack.com. We're not getting too much into it because, A, we could do a whole Tom DeLonge episode about it, and, B, the article on Crack does it pretty well. But Tom and aliens and space, man, it's interesting. But uh, he came back with two Angels and Airwaves albums in 2007, two albums in the same year. You know what's weird about the fact of how like big into aliens he is? He's not even a redneck. <laughs> like, seriously. Mm- well, rednecks are the people that report seeing them. Oh, okay. Tom's just the one that writes songs about Tom's it. Tom's super into them and reads books about them. <laughs> the key Which difference. is what rednecks don't read, period. Not just books about UFOs. They just don't read, unless it's NASCAR Weekly. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really hating on possible listeners. So Mark, Tom, and Travis as a group did not speak again until 2008. But Travis got in that accident, and it was kind of like a wake-up call. They were like, you know what? We should be doing music together. Like, we've had so much fun doing all these years. And they got back together, recorded Neighborhoods, released it September 27th, 2011. September 27th, 2011? Yep. I'm glad I could clarify that for you. (laughs) Craig's like, okay, good. Just as long as it wasn't September 20th. I was... (laughs) I was making, uh, trying to make connections in my head too, but never mind. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> forget about it. Just take off your pants and jacket. Neighborhoods, 
Uh, I like it. I don't like any of their newer albums as much as I like their older stuff, but I like it. It's not at all like they used to be. It's totally new stuff. They are more experimental. They aren't experimental enough for my tastes for me to be able to listen to this repeatedly, but it's good. Well, they are also all in their 30s now. They've probably grown from that angsty teen driven music. And that's what I've come to expect and like out of Blink-182. Similar thing for me with Thrice. Like, I love all of their older stuff more, but they had to grow as people. Right. And artists. And you know what? Fuck everyone that says it's not punk rock. Like, being a kid is punk rock. Like, being an adult and being punk rock. is about responsibility. It's about taking care of a family. It's about sure. earning paychecks. I mean, what I was going to say is that being an adult and being punk rock isn't near as punk rock as being a kid and being punk rock. And, and you know what? Punk rock is for the kids. Blink-182, they didn't sell out. They bought in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's where this podcast jumps the shark. Uh, they did release a new EP a couple years ago, Dogs Eating Dogs. First appearance of a rapper on a Blink-182 album, Yellow Wolf, shows up. Uh, it's interesting. Mark has a new band, Nothing and Nobody. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much catches us up to date with Blink-182. Up to speed. So they're, we're, are they work, they're working on a new album, right? Yes. And if you want to know more about them, they do have a biography uh, written by Mark's sister called Tales from Beneath Your Mom. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom recently published his own book last December, The Lonely Astronaut on Christmas Eve. Again with the space. More. Damn it, dude. So, yeah. They're all doing shit. It's all good. Everything's uh, gravy. Or is it groovy? Both. Both. Poutine. That's That's French fries and gravy. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know what that was before now, so I'm glad. Well, now I you do. do. Now you can try it. I, I don't, don't like go gravy? that far. No, you don't, don't like gravy? gravy. No. no. Gravy's not for me. Ham gravy. Definitely not for me. <laughs> so it, It's not made out of ham. It's just saltier. Oh, well, I like salt. But yeah, that's, that's uh, Blink-182. That's uh, episode of Fairpoint. In a gigantic nutshell. Yeah. My favorite kind of nutshell. So, as usual, you know what? Fuck this, man. I did this last week. You're like, oh, I gotta go to work. You know what? Fuck you, Craig. It's 12.53 a.m. I gotta fucking go to work. You do? No, I work at the mall. We closed hours ago. You're doing (laughs) fucking... You're fucking plugging our shit by yourself this time. How do you like it? I don't mind it at all. In fact, if I knew you were gonna get this uppity about it, I would have sat and been late for like 10 minutes. Yeah, you know what? I'm out. Champ guy. Come here and just keep my seat warm for Wait, me. Wait, no, you didn't, you didn't say anything about champ guy. This guy's an asshole. Who's an asshole? Champ? Oh, God, he is an asshole. He's champ. No, you're an asshole, champ guy. My asshole is champ. Sure. Well, you should check out our Facebook page. That's definitely one of the key places. Don't do it. It's champ. It's not champ. It's, it's champ. It's one of the main places you can find out our, what's coming up what we're going to be doing, talking about, maybe get a hold of us there. You could uh, submit requests for upcoming episodes. You guys should do an episode about Champ. We already did. Done and done. Oh, God, this episode was about Champ. Nope. Other than Facebook, you you could also send us an email, fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. You can request 
topics for us to do there as well. Uh, maybe just chat, say hi. We can become email pen pals. That's fair, champ, pod, champ, at champ, champ, dot, champ. Or fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. At fairpointpod on Twitter. Follow us there. You may also hear some... Well, champ's not on Twitter. Weird... Champ's not on Twitter. Champ's like, fuck this shit. I'm going on Twitter. I can only make fucking so many characters a fucking post. Fuck that shit. Well, I Champ's think I've on dis- Facebook. Champ, even, Champ is even, on Facebook. Even I'm Champ sure. knows what's up. Like, yeah. If you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you leave a rating and review. We love it. It's it's candy to us. It's it's what makes us keep going. We oh, don't worry. I've been deleting you. all of those because they were all Champ. You son of a. That's it. Motherfucker, you son of a bitch. They're all just champ. They're all just dummy accounts created by champ to rank up your fucking rating. It was champ. It was champ guy all along. It was champ all along. Anyways, talk to you next time. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. Oh, God. Come here, you champ. Deleting comments and shit. Help. It's champ. I told you I'm not Champ, I'm Craig Lewis. And I'm Nathan K. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next time.